The dangers of the frontier of mid-18th century America were many. Battles, bandits, and outlaws took many lives. But at least you could find a cozy inn to rest your weary feet, a place to take shelter from the chaos of prairie travel, a safe place, a little inn owned by America's first serial killer family. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. West. <laughs> Let's stay east. <laughs> it may be cold here, but at least we're not bludgeoned. <laughs> well, <laughs> by snow. We are bludgeoned by snow. Not right now. No, no. <laughs> Maybe no, some no. tomorrow, though. <laughs> are, really? Possibly. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was my students that told me. I was like, I just got my winter tires off. I, I brought this upon all of us. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is This is getting ridiculous because it's going. Where we're from, it's going like one day it'll be 60, 65. Mm-hmm. The next day it'll be 22, 20, if yeah. we're lucky. You can't get used to it. And then every time the temperature shifts, like I, I know like my body just like yo-yos back and forth and I like have to take a couple days to get used to it, but you can't. Right. Because then it's like 50 again. Right. Yeah. And I have so many broken bones under my belt. I have, a, I have about a dozen, a baker's dozen, and just the weather is killing me. And I feel horrible for a man of my age. A man of my age. Jesus Christ, I'm saying that shit now. There was a thing that you said once. I believe you said it to my husband when he was dealing with a... It wasn't quite an injury. It was a weird thing that happened to his leg. Mm -hmm. And it stuck with me. And it's about how as you grow older, all the little injuries become little disabilities. Permanent. (laughs) Permanent. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way I put it is I no longer get hurt. I just have small, permanent disabilities. That's how it is. Yeah, that's how you said it. Yeah, it really stuck with me, and I was like, boy, I have a lot to look forward to. (laughs) getting old sucks. I made sure uh, my... I had uh, therapy yesterday, and we were scheduling my next appointment. She was like, how about this day? And I was like, well, that is the day before my birthday, so we can discuss my feelings on aging at length, and I can cry a lot, which would be great to get that out of my system. But then I ended up... uh, I had class that day, so I was like, oh, wait, I can't. Now, so it's after it's the Monday after my birthday, so that'll be perfect. I can then process all of my feelings. <laughs> See, the whole getting older thing doesn't really bother me. The reason I don't celebrate my birthday is that my family's entirely dead. So it's yeah, yay, let's celebrate. <laughs> oh no, let's. There is no let's. There's there's just me. But I have cats, so have cats. I guess, I guess that's okay. You can put little hats on the cats. No. <laughs> You're not going to put little no. hats on the cats? You're not no. about that? I'm rhyming every, again. <laughs> every time. Oh, that's quite okay. Every time I see an animal that's wearing like a hat or antlers of some sort or a little Halloween costume, it's the only time that I can tell exactly what they're thinking. And they're thinking, <laughs> as soon as I can figure out the doorknob and the can opener, I'm killing you in your sleep. That's, that's what they're thinking. How's how's your week been, bud? It's been a little chaotic. Um, it's it's that time of year in academia where we're all kind of losing our heads, and spring break didn't really help because we didn't actually accomplish as much as we set out to do, because we had to spend a day, you know, sitting and watching murder shows while you know true crime shows while cross stitching. So um, yeah, it's been a little chaotic, but. The ducks started laying this week. So exciting. We're going to have duck eggs, and that is a huge sign of spring. We've already got the bulbs, like the the crocuses and the daffodils popping up. We've heard the geese. We do this little thing, I've noticed, 
uh, I don't know if I noticed it as much in previous years, but after a hard winter, we do this little thing where we start slowly cataloging the signs of spring. There's the, the eager, like, oh, oh, the bulbs are coming up. I can't even remember what the hell we planted. I just know we planted a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. And then there's, after that, well, before that, there was the geese. We heard the geese. Then the bulbs. Then there was um, the first robin of the spring. And then the ducks slang. So then they just started doing that this week. So nice. Now, are your ducks tame enough that you can pet them? Um, you can get a hold of them to pet okay. them. They do tend to run away from you, um, but you can, you know, grab onto one and they, they suffer through it. And our male duck, his name is English Bob, props to anybody who gets the cinematic reference. Um, and he will follow you around. He mainly follows my husband around. They're buddies. They'll actually have races mm -hmm. around the yard. It's hilarious. And, uh... So he'll follow him around and, and you can like lean down and he'll let you like kind of rub his head a little bit. And, but the, the girls aren't as tame. They're a little more timid. Mm -hmm. So, but they'll come running if you have some peas. They love peas. Forget, forget bread, everybody out there. Don't give ducks bread. It's not actually good for them. It's empty calories. Give them either fresh or frozen and then thawed, of course, peas. Don't give them canned. It's too much sodium. This is this has wow. been the duck, duck hour. The duck detectives. Oh, that's right. We're we're Christy and Scott. <laughs> that's the, right. The duck detectives. We forgot again. I I'm I had, horrible at that. I had a pet duck for a while. Um, I had a duck at the same time as I had a three-legged dog. Oh my gosh! Now I have to ask: Was the, the duck indoors or outdoors? Because some people do keep them indoors, like with a, a diaper. It was an outdoor duck. Okay. It was an outdoor duck. This is whenever I lived in the forest and. Had the uh, had the place outside, so had this three-legged Belgian Malinois, and his name was Saber, and then I had the duck, who was just called Duck, and they were the best of friends. Aww. They were great. I and love cross-species best friend animal relationships so much. Me too. Me too. And it'd be fantastic, because Duck didn't quite know how to fly, and that was cool. Saber would run down the yard, just this three-legged hop. As he would go down, and then the duck would be running right beside of him. Oh my God. And it was great to come home to a three-legged dog and a duck, and the duck would let you pet it. And it was adorable, because the duck would sit down right in front of you, and as you reached down, he would lower his body to the ground. Oh, yeah. And then pet him. You would pet him. And it just felt like, like petting a bundle of sticks. Yeah, yeah, their their feathers, their the the bones in them are and not their feathers, but the bones in their wings. Yeah, you can definitely feel them. Absolutely, but yeah, yeah. oh, I miss duck. Mm. I miss duck. I miss saber. Both of them, unfortunately, gone now. Aww. So, yeah, just down the road we have um, there's some people who have some goats, uh, two goats, and a bunch of chickens in like a, a pen attached to their. They have like a, a garage service that they sound like the biggest hillbillies right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. I have no problem with that. We are from Pennsylvania. It's kind of, we may as well just own it. You yeah. Know? I, I, on my drive to school, I, after I leave my ducks, I see goats, chickens, and ponies <laughs> within probably a minute and a half of leaving my house. Whenever you were a little girl and praying for all this, did you realize one day you would get it? Mm -mm. And I want a pony and a goat and a duck. Well, I don't no, have them yet, but I am going to get the goat someday, probably around my 40th. So I do have that to look forward to with aging, but eventually I'm going to get the goats that I wanted. I want Nigerian dwarf goats. They're like pygmy goats, but their temperament is a little bit better. Now, why are you waiting till 40? Um, just traveling and everything, like doing more traveling and, and not having... It's already hard enough to like find somebody to take care of the ducks because they have to be let out in the morning, mm -hmm. fed, watered. Um, put back to, you know, put to bed. I always call it like I'm tucking them in. 
So here's the thing. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> so that Christy and I yet, but. <laughs> Yeah. So that Christy and I can can quit our jobs and just take care of ducks all day long. Absolutely. Yes. The ducks would love it. The ducks will thank you. They really will. We can buy them more peas. So yeah. And yeah, yeah, we do kind of live in, in quite the rural area. The best day of my life... I, okay, not the best day. I did, you know, like, get married and graduate a couple degrees and everything. No, it's fucking miserable. <laughs> One the, of the day my kids five. were born was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> One of the top five was when I was driving to school last semester, and I saw... One of the chickens was standing on a goat. That's it fantastic. Was phenomenal. That's I fantastic. I was like screaming in the car. I was like, "This is the best thing!" And my voice goes real high pitched, especially like the first time I see the goats in the in the spring. I'm like, "Goats!" And then they look as I'm driving past. I would be on the phone going, "I can't come to work today. I hope you understand." There's a chicken on a goat. Yes. I'm I mean, not sick, but still. Obviously, these are conditions that will, you know, com- pr- completely prevent me from doing my job. Absolutely. I told my students first thing. I was like, you guys, you guys, I saw a chicken on a goat. Did you take a photo? It. No, it was too, I was driving to class. I was running late and everything. And I was always like, well, if it happened once, it'll happen again. I'm also waiting for the trifecta because they have like, a, goats like to climb on things. They right. have a table out there, like just an old wooden table. I'm waiting for the trifecta of goat on table, chicken on goat. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's that's... a tough, it's a big ask, but I think I can get there with just a, enough patience. I think if you put a carrot on the table and then some chicken feed sprinkled on top of the goat, I think Absolutely. we can make this happen. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So how's, how's your week? It's been hellishly busy. Yes. It's yes. been, I've been, I've been working on both podcasts. Um... And I think, you know, like, I edited them mm-hmm. quick, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. that was a quick turner. Yeah. I mean, thank you for that. No problem, no problem at all. And then and then work work has been amazingly difficult. Not only have the customers at the cable company that I've been with just been gloriously stupid. <laughs> um, and you know what, here's the thing, I don't mind stupid, but it's that weird, and here's another trifecta, stupid Arrogant and angry. Oh, gosh. You get all three of those together, then there's trouble. And then, I'm not going to get into it, but there's like a, like a lot of personal problems at work. And there's a lot of drama going on. And honestly, I'm I'm trying to... Uh, I, I applied to move to a different position at work. Um, our friend, our uh, Christy and I have a common friend, Barb. She just quit. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, the same place that I work. You know, if you keep saying things, people are going to figure out where you work and whose customers are angry, stupid, and arrogant. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? If you call and you go, my TV's not working. Why ain't my TV working? Is it plugged in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. And even then, it's it's uh, even then I'm fine with it. It's like, why the hell my TV working? <laughs> So you might get Barb's old position. I'm hoping. I'm hoping a lot of people have applied for it. Um, I am low man on the totem pole, but I do have something that nobody else there has. A murder podcast? Well, I can't prove that. (laughs) 
But I can say that I have Barb as a reference Absolutely, on yeah. my resume. Yeah, that's fantastic. That should be uh, definitely in your favor. So I'm hoping. I am hoping. And if anything, to get me away from the customers. Mm-hmm. Anything. Uh, Comcast is not the best place to work. <laughs> Wait, see what I did there? That's what the serial killers do. They throw you off. <laughs> give you false information. Yeah. Speaking of serial killers. Yeah, we, we do that. Yeah, we do. We talk about serial killers. And we have some some serial killers to talk about. Well, not not just serial killers. Sometimes you know disappearances yeah. and, and such, or just one offs. But we have uh, the bloody benders to talk about this week. These were a bunch of sick fucks. Absolutely, Abs- absolutely, yes, yes. Um, all this took place in Labette County, in around a town called I believe it's either Cherrydale or Cherryvale. I have too many notes, too many pages. Um, I saw both. Okay, yeah. I saw both. Oh, I have Cherry Dale written here, but I probably have Cherry Vale written somewhere else. Who knows? So, yeah, it took place in uh, Labette County, Kansas, Cherry Vale uh, from around 1871 to 1873. So it's a brief active period to get as much horribly done as they did and, you know, spread as much horror as they did. it It was a brief time, but at the same time... We don't know what these people were doing beforehand. That's absolutely true, yeah. Yeah, and there is there is a lot of proof out there that the Bender family wasn't even a family. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, um, there's some talk that the only relation was between... Okay, so I think we should, should establish the, the, cast, yeah, the characters here absolutely, first. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then we'll talk about relations. There was uh, John Bender... And we're going to just call everybody Benders, even though they apparently all had different names almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, His wife, do you have Elvira? I have Elvira, but it also might be Almira. Yeah, it looks like she might have been born Almira, maybe. But everybody seemed to call them Ma and Pa, or at least that's what they they insisted on going by. And John Bender, he sounded like such a charming individual. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, lovely, lovely man who... um, was... Spoke utter gibberish. Yes, yes. Like, just, <laughs> apparently, anytime he spoke English, it sounded like, imagine taking Schwarzenegger about two weeks after he came to America, and then, in a very, very weird turn of events, he just speaks backwards. <laughs> like, it would be like, could you pass me a beer, please? Went, gosh, this nervous... <laughs> Is what it became. So he became the Swedish chef? He absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, you had Ma and Pa, John and Elvira, their son, John Jr. Um, Ma and Pa were around 55, 60, yeah. it's supposed, and John Jr. was um, around 25. Uh, he was said to be handsome. Now, he, now, Ma and Pa supposedly didn't speak much English. Ma, that might prove to be untrue. Mm-hmm. Um John spoke fluent English with an accent. German, possibly, in or- origin. But the dude, he even though he was handsome, mm-hmm. auburn hair, striking mustache, even though he was handsome, he had a tendency to just laugh at nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, he'd be like, like walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was just, he that garnered him a reputation as being kind of dull and half-witted. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what they called him... Uh, um, back in the, the day, um, you know, called him a quote unquote half wit. Um, really he probably just had either, you know, a mental illness or some, you know, ability, 
some delay of some sort, learning delay. I, mm-hmm. I know there's a word that I'm missing here, but... Maybe he just was really good at coming up with funny little stories in his head, too. That's entirely possible. I mean, some people have such rich inner lives that we know, like, very little about. My... Actually, well, and sometimes that can come along with certain um, delays. My little sister, she has Down syndrome, and she has... A, the, a very rich inner world. She She's always talking to her friends, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and these are just imaginary people, and she has little stories that go on. For instance, at one point in time in the past year or so, um, in her little story, I was the mayor of our town, and I had... She, my sister loves me. I'm, like, her favorite person mm-hmm. in the world. I think I should establish that before I tell you that in this story, I was trying to have her killed. <laughs> so I was very taken aback by this. I was like, wait, what? And we've seen her acting things out. Like we've seen her, she was in the backyard one time and we looked out the window and she is just giving some poor bastard hell. He's obviously on the ground. She's kicking him and kicking him and then she'll shake her finger and say some stuff to him and then kick him and kick him in the game right in the ribs. Of course, there's nobody there. Yeah. She's just kicking it, you know, air. But yeah, absolutely. Like some, like, and, and some people who, you know, don't have any sort of mental illness or, or learning delay or anything have very rich inner lives that we know nothing about. There have been times that I have thought of something that has made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And people looking at me would, I'm sure they're, look at that fucking halfwit over there. <laughs> and just as an example, the, a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the thought that instead of going back in time and killing Hitler, wouldn't it be great to just seduce his mother instead? <laughs> That is an interesting take on the, the Hitler time travel exactly. conundrum. Why, why should I kill a baby? I don't yeah. want to kill a baby. <laughs> I can stop this entire thing by seducing Hitler. Just by getting some different DNA yes, in there. Exactly. <laughs> seducing Hitler's mother. And then I, I got this image of me running down the street with this weird device in my hand that's glowing, going, I have to fuck Hitler's mom! <laughs> and I'm not vocalizing this at all, but at the same time, I'm laughing out loud to myself. Oh my God. So, yeah, yeah, I'm... <laughs> There's obviously something wrong with it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I think it's it's just a sign of, of creativity and that you have, I keep on saying this, but I don't know any other way to say it, a mm-hmm. rich inner life. Yeah. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. Maybe he had that or maybe he just found a lot of things really funny that nobody else did. Yeah. Which props to him, I guess, except for the, all the killing that happened later. So. Yeah, there, there is yeah. that. There, there is, is that. that. And then there was his supposed sister, Kate. Maybe wife. Maybe wife, Yeah. Um, she was, she was the star of this group and she was very different from all of them. So it seemed a little odd that she would be his sister, that she would be the daughter of, of both Ma and yeah. Pa because she was attractive. She was a seductress. Yes. She was very, very social mm-hmm. and, and chatty and gregarious and people liked her. People sought her out. People claimed to be psychic. Oh yes. Yes. Claimed yeah. she, she was a... Of the spiritualist movement, which, uh, if you're not aware, the spiritualist movement happened uh, in the mid to late 19th century. And it was mostly um, people, like, believed, essentially, that they could contact the dead. And, or at least that someone could contact the dead. And conducting, you know, your average seances with a couple of of other activities in there. Um, And so she did that. Uh, She actually had a little little business going there with that. She called um, herself Professor Miss Kate. (laughs) And is that how you refer to yourself? Yeah, like, no. you know, I'm Professor Miss Christie. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start. That, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then I'll start advertising all of my abilities to contact the dead to my students. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The, the one thing I can say about Kate 
if I may take an incredibly male chauvinistic (laughs) turn here, most of the women that come along with these stories look like hell threw up their neck. Yeah, that's a little male chauvinist there, Scott. It is. It is. (laughs) At least you have the awareness. (laughs) Absolutely. I know it's there. But at the same time, like last week on our Ambrose Small podcast, we said the main female character in this little true life tale looked like Jack Black in a dress. And it was completely accurate. It was completely accurate. Kate is the first one that I wouldn't kick out of the sack. (laughs) She is pretty. She is Yeah, she absolutely gorgeous. is pretty. You can see how she was able to sort of do what she did. She used her feminine wiles and her natural sociability to help, um, you know, sort of conduct these these murders. Um, she And she actually spoke English well with very little accent. And she's believed to be Elvira's fifth daughter, born Sarah Eliza Griffith. So names just changing left and right here, as we'll see. And, um, so, yes, she, she said she could heal, she was a psychic, she sent out flyers advertising her supernatural powers, um, and she gave lectures on spiritualism, and they got kind of a little controversial, because she would, she would talk about, uh, free love, and sometimes, apparently, um, justification for murder. Oh, surprise, surprise! I am shocked and appalled at this turn of events. Oh my god. Elvira seemed to be, like... From kind of close to this region. Yeah, it seemed like this region or New Yorkish, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah. yeah. There is a fairly famous murder that happened around this area, the Henry Bachman murder. Oh. Have you ever heard of the Henry Bachman murder? I think I have. So, little side story here. Uh, there is a gentleman, and I use that term very loosely, Henry Bachman, who had two sons, Henry Jr. and August. Henry Bachman spoke very little English. Once again, German, he's German, they go up to the highest point in Pennsylvania, Mount Davis, Mm -hmm. and they're looking for some sheep that are lost. They come back, Henry and August went with them, only Henry Jr. comes back with Henry. Boy. Right? So they go, what happened? And Henry Jr. is just pissing himself with fear. And Henry goes... Uh, in German, or broken English, one of the two. In German, Henry goes, uh, August and, uh, and Henry Jr., they had a foot race. August pulled ahead, and he ran off into the woods, and we looked for him, couldn't find him. And everybody went, doesn't August walk with a really strong limp? Hmm. And then finally, Henry Jr., one of the constables came by, said, Dad killed August. He was upset that August was uh, slowing them down, and he hit him over the back of the head with a stick. Asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously, I mean Henry Sr., not August. (laughs) Um, And he went and hid the body uh, at this rock outcropping. That if we ever head down south together, I'll take you to it. I know exactly where it is. It's called Bachman's Rocks. I mean, I've been up on Mount Davis before just, just driving. And oh my gosh, there's a, it's, it's very rare that you go up there and it's not horrifying because it's always either an incredibly dense fog or mm-hmm. blizzard conditions. It's just... And remember, yeah. I used to live on yeah. that mountain. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not... I don't know how you did it because I would not do that drive. Yeah. My <laughs> grandfather... Keep in mind, my father was born in 1918, so mm-hmm. my grandfather was actually born in the 1800s, 
knew Henry Bachman Oh, Sr. wow. Okay. Knew him. Wow. Right? So it was, it was a situation where he hid August's body amongst the rocks uh. and then went back to bury it. And whenever he went back, it was gone. And it was a huge mystery. What happened to August Bachman? I mean, probably predators carried it off, don't you think? They figured out what happened, like, almost 100 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. A hunter found a human skull about a mile and a half away. And the skull, it was of a boy August's age. August had been stunned. And wandered around with a fractured skull. Oh, God. And froze to death that Oh, night. God, no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And little side note, I, I want to record this down for history. I do want to record this down for history because this is something my father said to me that I've never read anywhere. He said after Henry got out of jail that he Henry told my grandfather that everywhere he lo- he went he could see his son and the devil walking behind him. Oh my God. You know, and both of them were just waiting for him to die. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Super creepy. Yeah. But that, this whole thing, just the way like John acted the Mm -hmm. whole thing and, and having like the, the son junior, it almost seemed like these two murders were created off the same template for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems it seems very similar. Like uh, as far as we know, John Senior didn't kill anybody he was related to. But like I said, we don't know. But we do. I'm kind of wondering what happened to Elvira's other eleven children. Yeah, that is a question. Yes, that's certainly a, a big question. And then there's also uh, her uh, five husbands. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much it's said that almost all of them had died of head wounds, which is going to come into play pretty soon here. It seems like there's some patterns emerging. Yeah, and you'll see later on, they are not shy about killing children. At least one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty, it's, it, it's, assholes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, the way it happened was in May 1871. Now, it should be noted this part of Oklahoma was not officially not Oklahoma, um, Kansas. Kansas. I don't believe it was had any statehood just let's, yet. Let's go ahead and restart that so I can edit that little stumble with Oklahoma out. Okay, all right. Yeah. I believe that Kansas did not have a statehood yet, but it was the they were very like where the Bender setup was kind of close to where there was a state. Well, this the the Bender property was actually on land seized from the and. I'm not even going to pronounce this correctly. Osage? Um, actually, everywhere I, well, everywhere I listen to podcasts, they call the, the county, which is named after the, the tribe, Osage. Osage. I believe, yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. So that's the way we're going to pronounce it. Um, and it was a great property. We're talking 160 acres with a cabin, a barn, a corral, a well, a two-acre garden. Mm-hmm. And they built that stuff. They, yeah. they built the, the cabin and the corral and everything. Yeah, but this land was taken from... Uh, the the Osage Indians they were resettled of course and then of course it was given to you know anybody with not a brown tint to their skin for very 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 low prices as long as you you could get 160 acres for a steal as long as you stayed on it for five years which a, is just so shitty a lot of times a lot of times though back in those days it didn't even you didn't even have to put money down yeah. to get the land it was a thing where in one year if you would have improved the property. Yeah. It was yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, like, improving property? I built that lean-to over there. Yeah. 
There. There's done. a pot that I piss in right there. That's an improvement. There wasn't anywhere to piss before that, Congrats. except for the woods. Congratulations, sir. Here's the deed. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, John and um, John, Pa and John, uh, showed up in, I, I guess that wasn't in May 1871. I believe it was winter uh, 1871. And uh, they, they took uh, 160 acres near the Great Osage Trail, which was the only trail heading further west. And it seems like their choice of this plot, this particular plot in this location, was pretty intentional because it would be a stopping point, being so close to the trail um, that was the, the main passage if you were heading west. And it was also very, I mean, everything out there was very remote, but it was, you know, one of the plots where you weren't going to have neighbors that you could see, but apparently you could see for miles. So they had a good vantage point so they could see travelers coming or see anybody who was coming and, you know, you know, oh, it's quick, clean yeah. up, hide that body, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of a props to him for being clever. It, it's kind of a deal where it's, it would be very easy to say, oh, maybe they had trouble with the natives. You know, I'm sure that people died all the time. I've seen it in the Oregon Trail. You that, know, that's it's... essentially how uh, eventually how they tried to pass it off um, when when you know they started to to get caught. Yeah, they said you know, and I'm saying it the way that they would say it back then, not how we would say it now. They said, "Oh, it was probably the Indians." You know, I don't think they would have said it that way. I would. I think they would have went a little bit further than that, and used the. Uh, I'm not even going to say the term. I'm not even use the say pejorative the... term. You mean use the pejorative? Yeah, yeah. The, you know the football team. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. They probably would have said it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go America. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in France. White makes right. No. <laughs> no. No. Bad. So they're setting up the property, getting it all ready. They built the cabin. And in May of 1871, and it's important to note that Elvira and Kate were not there yet. It was just Pa and John. A body of a man named Jones was found in Drum Creek uh, with his skull crushed and his throat cut. Uh, some words we're going to be saying quite a bit in this episode. And no action was taken. They, they suspected the owner of the Drum Creek claim, so the owner of the, the property nearest mm -hmm. that creek, and no, they, nothing was ever done. And then the next discovery was in February 1872. Kate and Elvira were there. And there were two men who were found, skulls crushed, throats cut. And it was starting to become kind of a pattern that people were being reported missing quite a bit. It, it feels a lot like the way they used to report the cattle mutilations mm -hmm. back, uh, back whenever I was a kid. The cattle mutilations are still going on. I think something creepy is going on personally. But whenever I went out to California in 84... The way that they would kind of kind of play it off, like they would have it on the news. It's like, well, uh, a cow was found with its heart surgically removed and and uh, its anus cored out. Uh, no foul play suspected. Um, <laughs> coming up next, <laughs> cooking recipe for beef tips. <laughs> yeah, it was very. Um, it did start. Word did start to get around, and some people avoided the trail. But some people, like word spread very slowly. You know, there was no Twitter to, to pass the right. word along. You know, hey yo, pe people are disappearing. Stay away from you know the I believe it was called the Great o Osage Trail. Yeah, but there was really, it was hard. It was a hard part to stay away from. Yeah, if you were gonna go west from certain points, almost all points, I think. 
that was the way you were going to go. So if you had, you know, you didn't have any choice, you know. Um, So um, basically, there were a lot of people were arrested for some of the disappearances, but and then later released. Um, So, you know, like people, honest people maybe, or maybe people who were guilty of something, but not necessarily this. I believe it was the benders. The the pattern is just it, it gets established and it really it it just fits the pattern and it seems right well everything all the evidence points to them in their own house that is true but my argument for that would be this was a little bit early on and so there possibilities that i think of are maybe they hadn't established their whole setup yet or or gotten into a routine as far as the killings were concerned or it was just you know, they went a little wild one night and went, you know, hadn't hadn't killed in a while. You know, you got to you get that itch, I guess, or something. I mean, and, and or they, they I've got lots of possibilities or they stumbled upon somebody who was it was too good to pass up. You know, like this this person that has too much. They're too rich. They have too much money in their pockets. Time to do our thing. I don't think I don't think it's anything to do with money because they killed a lot of people. They did kill a lot of people. And I, I, I think we. Later, I definitely want to talk motives because yeah. I have some thoughts and I don't know exactly. I'm very torn. I'm wishy-washy about things like this, but... but If you're going to be wishy-washy about something, this is probably the thing to be wishy-washy about. Yeah, a bunch of murders that happened in the 1870s in the, the, the American frontier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like whether or not you should get that kidney transplant or continue dialysis. You don't want to be wishy-washy about that. A bunch of murders. decisive. Yeah. A bunch of murders you can't do anything about that happened over a hundred years ago. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it can be. I guess I, I'm allowed. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, absolutely. Gi- I'll give myself this gift <laughs> of not making up my damn mind yeah. and throwing 16 different theories out for everybody to mull over or completely reject. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, I don't care. Um, so, so yeah, all this, there was this, these disappearances going on. And then, uh, you know what happened in, this was also in winter 1872, um, our... Or friend George Newton Longcore. George Newton Longcore. Where did I see that name? Oh, George Longcore. Yes, yeah. our poor friend. This is the beginning of this, the end exactly, for the Benders. Exactly. Yes. They. This they started a domino effect. Fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This. Not only did this lead to them being caught, uh, George Longcore had two very important neighbors. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we're going to get to one of those neighbors pretty soon, and we're going to save the other neighbor. That's kind of a little surprise at the end. Yes, absolutely. I I think as horrible as this is, what makes it truly weird is the one neighbor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least clo- lived in close proximity. But yeah. in, in that area, anything in cl- anything within 10 miles is probably a neighbor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially in those days. So, yeah. So yeah um, George Longcore, uh, his wife had died in childbirth. Uh, and so he had his infant daughter, Marianne. And they left uh, Independence, Kansas, intending to resettle in Iowa. And were pretty much never really seen again. And I noted, I did actually map it, from Cherrydale to Osage is about 21 miles. In modern days, that's a 28-minute drive. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was, he did not get far, or they did not get far, he and his daughter. No. Um, Around the same time, uh, it's theorized that they had another victim named uh, Johnny Boyce. Really? I didn't read about this one. Yeah. Do do tell. Johnny Boyce. I think the interesting thing 
about Johnny Boyce is where they decided to dispose of the body. Oh. Now remember, this is December of 1872. We're not going to see them actually get kind of found out till end of March, April of 73. Mm-hmm. After they killed Johnny Boyce, which I'm imagining involved a hammer to the skull and a knife to the throat, they disposed of him in their well. Oh no! Yeah, you don't do that. I mean, yeah. if you don't kill in the first place, like the, that's that's the number one rule. But the second place, it's basically don't don't shit where you eat and don't don't dump your victim's <laughs> body in your drinking water. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they disposed of Johnny Boyce in the well, and Ugh. you can see. I Ugh. think this is where they turned from just regular evil. To almost a supernatural level of evil. Because disposing of somebody... Well, we're just going to drink the water, so throw the body in there. That's the point for me where they cross into like an almost supernatural type of evil. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's one thing to murder somebody for the thrill of it. It's one thing to murder somebody to gain their possessions... To dump them in your drinking water. And end up drinking their decomposed remains. Right. Bathing in it. Or bathing in it. Cleaning with it. Just everything. That's horrifying. And this is the same time. This is around the same time that they kill kill Lonker and his 18-month-old daughter. Yeah. And there is ample evidence to show they didn't really just go in and make quick work of the daughter. They buried her alive. Yeah, with her father. With her father's corpse next mm-hmm. to her. So that's where, for me, it goes into an almost an almost supernatural level of evil that very few killers obtain in my book. Like, mm-hmm. wh- where you have removed yourself so far from humanity... That you're just absolutely soulless. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... Uh, disturbing a yeah. lot of a lot. the 18 month old is the one that really um i mean all the all the other deaths yes absolutely like none of these people deserve it but 18 fucking months old yeah you know a year and a half barely it just it it, it rips at your heart yeah. honestly absolutely does. absolutely but yeah george lonker that's there's something there's something great about that because that seems to be where justice Starts to notice exactly, yeah, and yeah. things at, things at kind of start least, going down. It might have prevented more deaths, yeah, or at least in the area, um, yeah, because uh, Longcourt's for, former neighbor was uh, Doctor William Henry York. So Doctor York, um, who I believe had actually delivered Marianne and Bennett uh, the, the bedside when uh, Long, Longcourt's wife died in childbirth. So, you know, he, a good friend of the family, well, he went looking for them. Uh, as, you know, you, you do, I guess, if you're a good person and your neighbor's been missing for a couple months after they mm-hmm. went off to hit the trail for Iowa. And started uh, asking questions along the way. He reached Fort Scott. Yay. Yay, Fort, Fort Scott. <laughs> Woo! Where's Fort Christie? <laughs> I bet there is one. There's got to be one somewhere. got to be a Fort Christie someplace. If not, I'll make it. Exactly. It'll be a little blanket and some cardboard boxes. Absolutely, yes. There it is. I'm making it tonight. <laughs> and then uh, he, he reached Fort Scott. He started the return journey to independence. But as is becoming a familiar refrain, 
Say it with me, kids. He never arrived home. And that uh, that did it. Mm-hmm. That did it. Because Dr. York had a brother. He had two brothers. Yeah. One of one, them... one who's going to be a main player here, but they were both quite powerful men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dr. York's one brother was a politician, I believe. Yes. He was a member of the Kansas State Senate. Uh, from He was from Independence. And he actually had some had some renown in the area because he had just helped expose an, a U.S. senator's bribery case. Um, so he had, you know, basically was on the on the on the side of right and and mm-hmm. helped you know, un, unearth some some dastardly deeds. And then there's the wonderful, beautiful Colonel Ed York. Yes, Colonel York, the hero of this. Well, one of the heroes one of, of this the story. One of the heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have a hero. It. Re- thank God. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> thank God. I don't think we've had one yet. This is our first hero. Yay. There's got to be some like triumphant music playing or something. Yeah. Right yeah. Trumpets. Colonel, get the trumpets out. <laughs> Colonel York. He goes uh, to the inn. He goes to the inn, thinking, mm-hmm. "Hey, my brother might have been here." And the benders freely admit, "Yeah, he was here." He was here, um, but maybe the engines got him. Essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, and then Colonel York was like, "Yeah, that that's a possibility." And he, he stayed for dinner, which is a weird thing to do after hearing. I bet the engines got your brother. Yeah, well, essentially. I, I think I'm I'm gonna have a nice little dinner here. He might have wanted to stick around. He might have had some suspicions and and wanted to stick around and see if he could ferret out some information. I I think it's a possibility. And ferreted out he did. So he notices his brother's locket uh, that he wore on his watch chain. And at that point, he's starting to realize, oh, wait a minute. This is is something my brother wouldn't leave behind. Mm -hmm. Once again, a weird... Call back to a previous episode with the missing watch in the in the witchcraft murder, um, and you know witchcraft plays a little part in this too because it was there was a woman who had her, who had gone to the inn, and Kate ends up chasing her off with a knife, and claiming that oh she was a witch and she cursed Kate's coffee. I have Elvira for that actually. Really? Which is how like some they figured out that she wasn't she she said um that she this, no this is just what I have. Mm-hmm. Um but it uh, the colonel came and asked um about a uh he came with armed men uh because he had been told that a woman had fled from the inn after being threatened with knives by Elvira. Um and supposedly Elvira couldn't understand English, you know, can't can't understand mm-hmm. a word, you know, whatever the the, the German is for no hablo inglés. And uh, the younger, you know, the Kate and, and John Jr., they were like, no, 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 she didn't do it. York repeated what happened. He tried one more. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, but we heard Elvira freaked out. And see, I feel like, I don't know for sure, but I feel like the oh. Elvira story has more of a ring of truth to it. Because she she was, her neighbors called her a she-devil. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. This, and that's not Kate's style. Kate's, Kate's so smooth. I mean, she did have some moments, but she's so so smooth that I don't feel like she would she would you know like really let her emotions take the control of her in such a desperate situation. And because of that, I am going with your finding of events. Okay. Based on this, because and this is something that we're finding out doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. You go more than fifty or sixty years back, the dates, the names, the events start to get 
really muddled. This, there's this centuries-long game of telephone that has been going on, and it, it and now it's happening on the internet. <laughs> and it's it's almost like we're a species that forces amnesia upon itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a very interesting thing. You would think here's the story, and that story is going to stay the same, but no. Even even in official documents, we're seeing different dates. We're seeing different accounts, different names. Mm-hmm. And it just, everything seems so fluid. The, yeah. the farther we go back, the more fluid it seems to become. The truth gets very slippery. It's it's like a, a greased up goat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to go with pig because that's cliche. It's very. I couldn't think of another smooth animal though. <laughs> I think with a goat, it'd be easier to catch a greased goat because you got the horns that you that's can still true. grab a hold of. How about a greased up dolphin? Yeah. And dolphins are kind of assholes too. Yeah, they so, are. So yeah. Yeah. They're actually serial killer dolphins. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> On our next episode. Yes. Squeakers. <laughs> Terror of the Atlantic. <laughs> See, apparently Elvira did this or, you know, threatened the woman with knives because the said the woman was a witch and had cursed her coffee, which I love. Like yeah. curse your coffee of all the things. I curse your coffee. May you not get that rejuvenating feeling from the caffeine. To all the witches out there listening, yeah. if you're going to curse something, try actually cursing the person itself. Yeah, do that. Do that. A little more effective. If you curse the coffee, that at best is going to lie. I know after I drink coffee, I have to pee like an hour and a half later. Yeah, yeah. You can't really do a lot with one hour and a half mm-hmm. of, t- of curse time. Because that coffee's gone after that. And now you have a cursed toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants that? Yeah. So I guess what I'm really saying is, for the love of God, flush so your toilet doesn't remain cursed. Yes, absolutely. Life advice Mm -hmm. from Scott. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, Elvira freaked out. Uh, So the woman was a witch. She was a bad and wicked woman whom I would kill if she ever came near me again. With this hammer that's covered in blood and brain matter. No, it it. Oops! <laughs> uh, I used it before. I swear, it's brand new. Just am, just got it from the store. Am I speaking English? Oops! <laughs> yeah, yeah. She basically uh, that was her freaking out was basically like, oh wait a second, you're definitely lying to us. She she had a stroke uh, earlier and now she just speaks English. <laughs> yeah, right? out of nowhere, it's a miracle. Yeah. yay! She should be sainted. Yeah. So um, before York left after this whole incident, Kate said, "Why don't you come back on Friday?" And I'll try to use my psychic abilities, and we'll find your brother. And I'm like, no, no, no. First of all, you don't have them. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you're dumb. You you play it smart sometimes, but you're really, really dumb to invite the guy who's investigating his brother's disappearance and seems to have set his sights on you and be like, why don't you come back? <laughs> we'll have a cup I'm, of tea and a seance. I'm sensing he's near the apple tree Not I planted. Not that I know he's dead or anything, <laughs> <Yeah>. wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, he's he's near the apple tree I planted two seasons ago. <laughs> weird. Very, very strange. What a coincidence. Yes. Who'd have thunk? So, yeah. Um, there, was, uh, there was some certainty that they were guilty. Um, another nearby family also was suspected, the Roaches. <laughs> and if that isn't a crappy last name, was, that's... Uh, that's worse than the shit that H.H. H. Holmes yeah. put on. I was I was a little I was a little upset that there weren't that many goofy names in this one. I know, I know. We seem to, to flip back and forth, and sometimes we have goofy names, and sometimes we don't. And yeah. we have so many names in this one because yeah. it's you know there's, there's a cast of characters, and that some of those characters have seven different names, and yeah, it's it's pretty normal. It seems like that was that was just that 
at some point, like in, I'm going to say actually around the, the 1860s and 1870s, people started naming people Jephthah, mm-hmm. but it was a very short lived. <laughs> As know? are most of the characters in our podcast. Yes, yes, that is true. So they thought they were guilty, uh, but York wanted proof, essentially. And it was, I, I noticed it was kind of almost a relaxed, it wasn't a court hearing. It was a town hall meeting. Yeah, let's have a town hall about all the possible murders or at yeah. least people disappearing. Yeah, <laughs> and then they just go, well, we'll finish this tomorrow. You, you, the benders, you go on home. Yeah, they're, oh, no, well, actually, I think in the town hall, they were like, we're going to search everybody's residences, everybody's homestead until, you know, like we between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek. Um, we're going to get a search warrant. We're going to search every household in front of the main suspects. The Benders, mm-hmm. John uh, Jr. and Pa were at the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. don't you just announce your intentions? This is, this wasn't the smartest move. And I just picture York, who seems to be the most capable man we've ever talked about on this podcast, yeah. just going, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. You people. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just going to leave. Why don't you just take the element of surprise and just whack it with a baseball bat about 70 times? Or better yet, a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Right to the side of the skull. Right to the side of the skull. So, yeah, 75 people were there, and they pretty much announced their intentions. And then let the benders go, and no one was watching them. And off they went. Into the night. Yep. Never to be seen again. Pretty much. Yeah. Almost. We're not sure it's yeah we never know yeah there's the whole flickinger thing (laughs) there's the whole flickinger thing there's another case that i I saw involving uh kate and elvira and it's just nobody it's just yeah there's no certainty anywhere it's 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 a a greased up dolphin it's an absolute greased up dolphin (laughs) buy the t-shirt on zazzle (laughs) old-timey crimey's greased up dolphin (laughs) i'm gonna make a cross stitch (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be a Nice little dolphin arcing through the sky and just covered in canola oil. Yeah, it's just dripping from it. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. For the best dolphin grease, (laughs) be sure to shop at the old-timey crimey shop. Yes. Don't don't go to the the bender in general store. Exactly. (laughs) Scott and Christie's dolphin grease. Like Ma used to make. No, not like mine. I would not eat a damn thing from her hands. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they, they flitted off, and it was noticed that the inn seemed abandoned, the farm animals were unfed, because I, I, it seemed like a storm went through, and they kind of took advantage mm-hmm. of this, because they couldn't actually execute the search warrants until the storm had passed. And um, so it was several days before the inn was checked out, and uh, there was a search party, York include was there or formed it and they went to the cabin and what they found was pretty damn gruesome it's kind of like holmes murder castle in in a backwoodsy thing Mm -hmm. so they find they find the general store Mm -hmm. same as holmes had yeah in the front and then they find the the table where they would eat at and a trap door under the seat of honor Mm mm-hmm and we know we know how they would kill their victims because there are several people who had actually escaped. Yeah, and yeah. I guess just not had said anything. Uh, William Pickering uh, refused to sit. A, a gentleman named William Pickering and was threatened at knife point by Kate, and he just buggers on out of there. There was a Catholic priest who saw Bender uh, trying to conceal a large hammer. Um, 
there there was a story of, of two men who came in there to eat, and instead of sitting at the, the honored, you know, seat of honor at the table, they go, no, we'll just eat here at the bar. And then all of a sudden, from behind a curtain, like, the two Bender men just go, guess, guess we'll leave. And they're carrying <laughs> hammers and stuff. Yeah. And they go in there, and they find more than a dozen bullet holes. Yeah, so obviously some people have resisted. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I have another one of... Um... A local eccentric, uh, a woman named Hessler. I'm Ooh, assuming I did this not is her last hear name. about Hessler. Yeah, I found this one um, probably on Mental Floss, I'm going to assume, okay. but I might have heard it on a podcast. I have so many different sources for this one. Um, she went to the Benders. Um, she wanted to have a seance. She was into spiritualism. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have a seance with Kate. Kate was like, yeah, I'm not in the mood. So I guess Hessler just stuck around for a while, and everything was fine and dandy until sundown. And then... Uh, the family started drawing pictures of men on the walls and throwing knives at them. <laughs> and Kate said, words that are sure to make any guest feel welcome, the spirits are moving me to kill. <laughs> right? Yeah, the spirits are moving me out the door. Yes, yes. It's funny, we're getting different messages here. Yeah. It must be, uh, did our wires cross or something? Bye. Yeah. So That's weird. So yeah, she 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 fled, but everybody was like, Oh, you're you're just the local eccentric, you're you know, you nobody you are not trustworthy, nobody believed her. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, all these all these stories started coming up, but not until they found what they found, um, which was uh, it should be noted that there was the trapdoor uh, the trapdoor may have been underneath. It may have been underneath the seat, or it may have been um, on the other side. It may have been like because there was the the wagon canvas mm-hmm. strung in. Like it was a one room cabin, and they strung this the, the wagon canvas in between to make it into two rooms. One for the the you know people to come and, and sit and eat and everything, and one for a sleeping area, which I, I don't know how all these people. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, it's just uncomfortable, ugh. you know. It's just so uncomfortable. Whether you're strangers or family, it does not matter. Yeah. That that close quarters, and with that little bathing, is just yeah. not fun to think about. So and I, I always like pictured, just like they would say, "Oh, well, Kate would distract them." And I'm wondering, like, if a lot of the men were like, Kate just didn't go. Look at these prairie puppies <laughs> and rip her dress open, huh? Clunk right to the side of the head, knife to the throat, while the Prairie puppies are swinging side to side. <laughs> that's a lot a of visual. A lot of people would think, "Oh, that's not a bad way to die." There is no good way to die. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they would. They basically had the setup where the trapdoor was somewhere. You know, what, what mattered was there was a trapdoor, mm-hmm. um, and then a setup where the the seat of honor was up against this canvas, and the bender men would stand on the other side. And, you know, the, the Kate would be having dinner with, you know, whoever she lured in and trying to find out, you know, how much, trying to find out how much money they were carrying. Because people who are going to settle someplace are going to be carrying pretty much all their money. It's not like we had banks and wire transfers and shit, you know, back then. So they're, they're carrying all their money. So she's trying to find the ones that are worth, actually worth the effort. They, they had several hundred people forming a search party. Um, the, noticed a bad smell, which people aren't bathing and people aren't cleaning you're gonna have a bad smell and they're also apparently using well water that's contaminated with a dead person so it's gonna be extra bad smelly but it was really a a distinctive smell like and i hate saying these words the smell of clotted blood Mm. i really we should video this so sometimes so people can see my facial expressions when i say stuff like that (laughs) because it's just like ah no (laughs) clotted blood clotted blood so two of my favorite words (laughs) and you put them together Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's magical 
So they traced it to the trap door, uh, which was nailed shut. They opened it up. They found a room six feet deep, seven feet square um, at the top, three feet square at the bottom. So it seemed like it was kind of like, kind of like conical, I guess, or something like that. Um, as much as something that's square can be conical, <laughs> it tapered, we'll it's say. It's trapezoidal. It's trapezoidal, yes, thank there it you. Is. I almost fell geometry <laughs> in high school. So, yeah, I spent more time actually figuring out what I'd need to pass the final than I did studying for the final. Nice. And I am now in academia. <laughs> so, <laughs> everybody has to start somewhere. That's true, yeah. I started by failing two classes in high school. <laughs> I don't, I think I failed shop once. Ah, oh, shop. I did pretty good in shop. I was surprisingly good with the woodworking machines. No, oh, no I failed I... algebra and um, advanced biology, which the reason I failed that was because I was sitting next to my ex-boyfriend for the entire year, and they wouldn't Ooh. move me because we had to be in alphabetical order, and he put a... Uh, did he hex your coffee? No, he put a decapitated Barbie doll in my locker. Jesus. Which was a little fucking disturbing. And he said, uh, he, he later told me, he was like, well, at least I didn't go as far as I wanted to. And I was like, how far did you want to go? Yeah, He's like, seriously. I was going to put a note in there that said, this could be you. I was like, just knowing that you wanted to do that is enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up enough. Absolutely. Jesus. But if you'd done that, I could have reported it. Where it was just the head. It's like, oh, you know, it's just a, it's a toy, whatever. So yeah, it was, it was fucked up and I didn't want to be there. So I skipped. And it was my first period. Mm-hmm. I skipped a lot. So yeah. I just, I just failed right the crap out of there for me i failed shop because my father was sick Mm. and it was it was a thing where i just stopped showing up i stopped showing up because it was it was literally 45 minutes of my life and i was really good i was really good with woodworking uh still am still am but it was just 45 minutes of my life that i didn't i i felt like i knew enough Mm -hmm. and it's like i'll take the f yeah at this point just to get like a little bit of me time i'll take the f if you want a, a uh, an, not necessarily an aspirational story, because I'm only an adjunct and I don't make that much money, uh, but uh, when I got accepted to my uh, alma mater, it was on a provisional status. I had to maintain a 3.0 GPA and I had to take this study strategies course. And I now teach there. Yeah. <laughs> so once I hit college, I, I actually started to like feel the academic bug. It really got me. Once I realized that Dean's List was a thing and I was like, oh, I have a goal now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but before that, yeah, it was like, high school was like, no, so, so anyhow. <laughs> that's why, that's part of the reason why I really want this podcast to take off. And I'm going to be upfront with the listeners about this. I want this to take off so that I can quit my job and go back to college at 45. Um, I want to be able to make enough money to go back to college. And what do I want to do? I want to do media production so I can make better podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, education is... It's, 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 I love being educated. Yeah. Like not, 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 okay. That sounded weird the way I said it. I love the process of being educated. Right. I sometimes, even though my students would really roll their eyes at this and would not believe me, I sometimes envy them because I love soaking up knowledge. My time in my, um, I went and got my MFA and my time in that program was like, oh, I miss this so much. It was so stressful. It was chaotic. There were times when I would just lay down on my living room floor, face down, and like yell, "I want to quit. Let me quit." Um, and but uh, at the same time, just the the, the synthesis of, of knowledge and you know like ideas connecting together yeah. and everything was just it was it, it's so beautiful. It so, really is. It yeah. really is. If I could just find a way to become a professional student. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Can't somebody pay me to do this? Yeah. Now I'm getting paid to like grade papers, and it's just not the same. Oh, I'm sorry. So sucks. I got a nice stack of them to attack this weekend. Oh Jesus! Just grades at random. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're getting to that. Do point. the do the throw them down the stairs method. Yeah. You know. It, the higher it is, the the higher the grade. <laughs> I like to think I, I like to think it would be kind of the way that I would hire people, where I would instantly take half the resumes and throw them away. <laughs> I don't want to hire anybody that's unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I teach my students. One of the first things I teach them is writing a resume. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm a little disheartened at the moment. Part of my purpose has just been smashed the hammer. Because I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who literally do that. I am the bloody bender of resumes. (laughs) Smashing them with a hammer and then slitting their throats. Speaking of the benders, let's get the fuck back to this. Yes, yes. We were talking about murder at one point, like an hour ago, weren't we? I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fun. It's fun. I like it. So, so yeah. um, They found... There was a, apparently a slab, a stone slab, I've, I've read in some places or heard in some places at the bottom that somehow played a part in this murder process. I believe it was so that the, the um, blood didn't soak into the dirt. So they like it was a place to basically like, because they would uh, get the victim with a hammer um, from behind the curtain because they could see the, the outline. So they, they'd hit the, the victim with a sledgehammer and then take him down to this little um, trapdoor cellar area and slit their throat to make sure that they were really dead. So, yeah, and this, it seemed like this was a, because this wasn't a normal thing to have in, in, a, in a homestead in these days. It, you know, this wasn't, it wasn't part of the package. Right, it's not a root cellar or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they found that, and uh, they found clotted blood on the floor, so apparently it didn't work all that great. <laughs> they didn't seem to be very into hygiene. No, not really. Yeah. It was said that their, their their house was quite dirty and the table was like covered in like greasy dirt and stuff. That's called gray matter. Ew, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I'm sure that that fucking wagon cover thing was stained as hell when you got people like yeah, cause, splattering brains all over it. Because technically it's not the hammer making contact if you're doing it through that canvas. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen wagon canvas from that time. It's thick. Yeah, yeah. It's thick. It would have to be. It has yeah. to survive the elements. Exactly. So we're talking about something that feels, it's about the thickness of really thick felt, right? Mm-hmm. But it kind of feels like cotton. It's almost like a cotton denim feeling thing. So it's the it's the canvas making contact with the skull. Yeah. It just happens to have the force of the sledgehammer behind it. So I'm sure. Yeah. And... They must have had these dinners by, like, really low candlelight. Yeah. For people not to see that. And on top of that, what are they washing them in? Corpse water. Yes. Uh, It just, oh, it's, it's, ah, it's awfulness piled upon awfulness. Right, like I said. And grossness upon grossness. A supernatural level of evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's makes you if, if you don't believe in god and the devil at least makes you wonder about the devil yeah <laughs> so yeah it at least makes you think well you know I'm, i may not believe in both of them but i'm starting to believe in one <laughs> yeah at, at, at what point and i i am a man of faith i do believe in god and i know by the way i'm swearing here people are going like bullshit <laughs> that's just the way i am but it, it's a thing where you whenever you start to get into this thing of like, how the fuck did they not die? Yeah. Drinking drinking corpse water. Yeah, they, they survived quite a bit and they, they, they killed quite a few many people and they, and not only that, but just, 
just having that dirty of a cabin. Like, how didn't they, they, they die of the 18 million different foodborne viruses that if you cross-contaminate or if you, you know, get a little gray matter in your chicken when you're prepping it or what the fuck yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so gross. So, so yeah, they, 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 they knew that something was up here, obviously. And so they, they took some sledgehammers <laughs> to the stone floor, found nothing. Uh, but the the smell was definitely from blood that had smoked uh, had so- soaked into the soil. So then, actually, they actually picked up the cabin and moved it to the side because they were like, "Well, maybe we need to dig more places." The fuck was it made out of balsa wood? Apparently. <laughs> and then they still didn't find anything. So then they were like, "Well, there's a there's a garden and an orchard, and oh there's my god, Doctor York." And John Gray. And five unidentified males, one female, Mm -hmm. and various body parts. Mm -hmm. That were, um, a lot of which were not matched to any victims. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty fucking macabre. No. I'm I'm, I'm F-bombing a lot more than usual in this one. (laughs) That's okay. At that point, at that point, my mind, whenever you're talking like various body parts and there's nothing to match. Right. My mind instantly goes to cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it, but they're so damn gruesome that I wouldn't be surprised. They're so inhuman that I wouldn't be surprised right. if they could then eat their own kind. Right. Because, I mean, they're essentially doing it with the water. They're kind of doing mm-hmm. it by proxy because this isn't a field. They're burying them in their orchard. Yeah. It's the 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 body fluids, the the meat is decomposing and feeding the trees that they're using to sustain themselves. Oh, I don't want to eat any of those apples. Yeah. They're oh. like cannibalistic vegetarians. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> Who are very well hydrated. Yeah. So, so yeah, they they found Dr. York buried face down. Uh, his his feet, they didn't even it was a shallow grave. His feet were barely below the surface. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty they didn't even, they weren't even trying. No. Um, and then they marked another nine possible grave sites. Um, and then they were like, okay, let's call it a night. And then the next morning they started digging and they found all of these. Uh, and yeah, and it was, one thing we should note is it was reported that all had been, and so this is a kind of a vague phrase that you don't really, indecently mutilated. Is that the, just the cutting up of body parts? Or is there more to that that I don't want to think about or go into? I'm going to lay it out for you. Oh, well, you might not want to because I'm trying to avoid any sort of like uh, graphic descriptions of anything sexual assault-ish in these. They would say, they would say Kate would distract. Kate would distract, yeah. Kate would distract. She and was I, the bait, essentially. Yeah. And I honestly, like, even though I made the joke of her ripping her shirt open and showing her breasts... Mm-hmm. I honestly think that's what they meant. Kate would distract. Because they don't really get into detail of how they would distract. Mm-hmm. Whenever they say indecently mutilated, then the first thing I'm thinking of is the John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Not at all. It seems like... I mean... She doesn't seem necessarily like the type to collect trophies, but this might play into my theory that I'm going to give you a, in, a, in a little while. Honest, <laughs> it might, if it's possible. Like, oh, this is a lot of conjecture if we're based talking, off of just a couple words. If Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let, let's, 
kind of do some armchair psychology here, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it was Kate that did it. I think if anybody no. did it, it was either going to be uh, John Jr. or I'm leaning more towards Elvira that would do the indecently mutilated. This is a woman who killed off several of her husbands, mm-hmm. had 12 children in a time whenever it was not a great thing. I mean, like... It was not a great th- thing or a common thing. Right. It's uh, three I mean, it was t- common to have that many, yeah. but have were all of them? Did all of them live? I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. You, I couldn't find a lot. You, I'm stunned with how much you found about the post murder scene because I didn't find that much about the post murder hmm. scene. I'm absolutely stunned that you got that much. It for me, ever all my research seemed to end, like at at like where they skedaddled off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have a woman who has had 12 children in a tough time in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like her uterus is essentially a clown car <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You're telling me she wouldn't want to take some sort of revenge on on the men oh, who put her in that situation? That's because a really once, good point. Yeah. Once again, we are talking about a time in history... Where women were pretty much property. Yeah, yeah. Utterly and completely powerless. And yeah, I could see that as her being, you know, finding a way to take back power in the they can't, grossest, yeah. you know, like, corpse desecration way possible. They can't even vote. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. It, up until, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, there was a point in time where women couldn't even initiate a divorce. So you couldn't even, like, officially leave your husband. It had to be him that initiated mm-hmm. the divorce. They, 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 they couldn't open bank accounts. The lack of, of, of power and agency is just, like, stunning. It's criminal. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's criminal. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, using this to justify what Elvira did. Oh, no, absolutely. But I'm trying to use it to explain it. It makes sense from a, from a motivational perspective. Absolutely. You know, if you're, if you're looking at her life and her experiences, it would make sense that she would do that. I mean, we'll never know for sure. There's a lot we won't know for sure. That slippery dolphin, but um, that greased up dolphin, damn it. So S- Slippery dolphin is the name of my sex tape. <laughs> nice. Thank you. We are Thank all you. about the name of my sex tape around here. <laughs> we... So, my gosh, at least once a day, I my, swear. My urethra is in the front of the penis. It's on top, so it kind of looks like a blowhole. That's, that's where <laughs> that thing comes from. Jesus Christ. <laughs> at least once an episode, you say something that I have to go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out, Scott. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> no. Don't censor me. <laughs> or don't make me censor myself, essentially. So, yeah, they, they found um, a bunch of bodies. Um and, but all of them, all but one had heads bashed in with a hammer and throats cut. And then of course there was the, the, the man and little girl together that we think is, uh, how did you say his name again? Gonker, a lonker? Lonker. Lonker. Okay. Lonker. Yeah. yeah. The, um, and that was the, um, father and daughter that sent Dr. York off to find them. And yeah, there's a lot of differing accounts of course there are and you know any sort of body count in in this kind of thing with serial killers of that that age even nowadays you know we don't know for sure how many the golden state killer got you know um the only serial killer in my memory who's ever been completely and 100 percent honest is Dahmer. Mm. Dahmer has been are we sure he didn't lie at some point no I don't know enough to know one way or the other. Dahmer is an interesting case because he was 
he was amazingly candid and upfront with everything you he did. You talk about Dahmer in every episode. I do, I do. It's like there's a tiny bit of regret for you that old-timey means 1950 and A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but Dahmer, Dahmer was the case that really started to open it up because Dahmer honestly wanted to find out what the fuck was wrong with him. Yeah. So he was very open and honest, and he even said, whenever I'm dead, cut me up so that you can figure out why I am the way that I am. So... I, I think Dahmer is Dahmer is the best window we have mm-hmm. into this world. So I I think I think whenever I see serial killers like this, and make no mistake about these these people are serial killers. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Whenever I see like a serial killer like this, it's kind of that deal of like you have to like do that like transparency overlay of Dahmer on top of them to see what they do that fits to that 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 one that one archetypal case, the one perfect case that we have with serial mm-hmm. killers. Because even, like, Kemper, uh, whenever whenever you have Kemper, he fabricated stuff. Holmes fabricated oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dahmer is the only one who was ever completely honest, mm-hmm. in, in, in my recollection. Maybe there have been others that we have, but Dahmer really seems to have opened up a lot in the field of psychology as far as, like, abnormal psych. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much, um, here we do have the accounts differing. Um, there was no Dahmer opening his trap and telling everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the totals do hover kind of right around half a dozen, or not, sorry, or around a dozen-ish. There's some, yeah. some is eight and nine. Um, all told, uh, the highest number is probably around 21, if you include all those recovered, you know, all those body parts that, that didn't actually uh, match up with any of the, the body, the full bodies that were right. found. Um, did you hear about Brockman? I did not hear you about did Brockman. did not hear about Brockman. Dear God. Brockman. I can understand, I can understand anger and I see what like mob rule does. Brockman was the friend, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where yes. they... <laughs> this is glorious. This is like this is like the comedy relief part of this story. <laughs> this is I cannot believe they did this. It was cartoonish. It really was. <laughs> it really was. It was, go ahead and hit him with this. This yeah. This, this is, poor uh, guy. This poor guy, dude. Um, so a friend of the ben- Benders. Uh, his name was Brockman. This crowd found the bodies. I mean, they, the, the, the original search party was over a hundred, and I'm sure word started to spread, and people started to to, to come very quickly. And people got pissed. So Brockman is standing there with everybody else watching all this shit go down, watching the bodies be found. And because he was associated with the benders, they took him and hung him from a beam in the inn. He went unconscious, lost consciousness. As you do. As you do. So they woke him up. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey. You okay? Strung him up again. (laughs) Interrogated him. And then hanged him again. And then there was a third hanging. I'm not sure if there was a second interrogation or if it was just for funsies this time. Uh, you know, just this poor guy. This poor guy. So he basically, um, I have a quote here, the staggered home quote, as one who was drunken or deranged, <laughs> as one would after being hung three freaking yeah. times. He survived. He survived. Let's give some props to Brockman for being a tough son of a bitch. Maybe he had some of whatever the benders had to yeah. help them survive all the listeria they should have got from that fucking yeah. well. Jesus Christ. They hung him, and then they questioned him, yeah. which, like the Joker said in The Dark Knight, 
don't start with the abuse. It <laughs> makes people all fuzzy. <laughs> and it did with him. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, this one gave me chills. Did you read about uh, the, the Roman Catholic prayer book they found in the house? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm getting chills right now. Just, just thinking yeah. about it. This was, this was so creepy. Um, do you want to do this or should I? You go ahead and do this. Okay. Because, because like I said, a lot of this, like my, my notes were kind of a lot of this. I was actually going into this going like, We've been going kind of long with this, so I think I'm going to keep this one to a thing. But you're right. You're absolutely right. The <laughs> Roman Catholic prayer book has to be... It has to be mentioned. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it, there's not a lot there, but it's it's definitely, like, absolutely just bone-chilling. And once again, this goes into the supernatural aspect of it. This is the defiling of a holy object. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A prayer book. Notes inside. Um, they were written in German. And the language of love. Yes. Yes. You can't you can't have love without a whole bunch of guttural noises. Absolutely. Always bashing German. Um Well yeah. Yeah. It's like oh here's you know, here's a butterfly and oh mariposa and mataposa. You know the joke. Schmetterling! <laughs> yeah, you've seen the video? No, I just know it's, it's it's a joke that I like read on the internet like ages ago and it's my go-to. Oh, go for it. And go for oh it. should I tell the whole joke? Absolutely. Okay, all right, I'm gonna tell the whole joke. So um uh, a bunch of uh, different linguists from different countries are on a train together and they're talking about uh, beautiful words in their language. And one of them starts, the American is like, you know, I think it, in my language, I think butterfly is the most beautiful word. It's just, it's just so evocative and it really just rings true to what that, that creature is. And uh, the, I believe, Spanish linguist says, Mariposa. Yes, says, uh, oh, but, but Mariposa is so beautiful. It's so beautiful and, and, and it has such a smooth flow to it that you can just see a butterfly when you say it. And the French linguist says, oh, but in my language, papillon, it just, it speaks true to the butterfly's soul. And the German linguist goes, and what is wrong with Schmetterling? <laughs> <laughs> my absolute go-to is my only joke, oh literally, my, God. my only joke. <laughs> there, there is a video uh, on YouTube that our listeners have to see where it's like the differences between languages. Oh, and God. And they go like... You know, and they they have like this Spanish girl, very very pretty, like Spanish girl goes, ambulancia, <laughs> right? and then like the English guy, ambulance, you know, and then like the French and ambulance, right, and then they go, German guy is like in like later hosen and stuff, Krankenwagen. They're very good at making up words for things we don't have. Yeah, like you know, like Schadenfreude, of course. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know, to, to have to have names for mm -hmm. these things. And then um, I'm going to horribly mispronounce this. Sorry, German people. But the, the one of the best German words I've ever found is Bechtefengeheit, which is a face that needs punching. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I've met a couple of those. By the way, I think this is the only time in history that the phrase sorry, German people was uttered. <laughs> Yeah, well, I like making history. <laughs> All right, so the the prayer book. Jesus now that Christ, been, the prayer book. Yes. Fuck. I think we've been avoiding this just by yeah. talking about languages. I think we're circling there, around it because we're like, oh, no. There, there's a certain type of mental bleach that has to happen whenever you get into this. Mm -hmm. Because you get into it, and it's like, and they buried the year-and-a-half-old girl who'd lost her mother year before alive. I need to talk about butterflies. I'm just like, fetch me the kittens. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, here was what was written inside this prayer book. Johanna Bender, born July 30th, 1848, 
which would have been 25 years at this point. So John. And then uh, another quote was John Gephardt uh, came to America on July 1, 18, question mark, question mark. Uh, another uh, quote, um, Big Slaughter Day, Jan 8th, probably January 8th, obviously, unquote. And then the final is, quote, hell departed, end quote. That's just so much to deal with mentally. It's just yeah. so freaking much. Yeah. Oh, the the big slaughter day, Jan 8th, really was just like, oh, you wrote that in a prayer book. Yeah. I'm not a very religious person. And that still was like, just and just writing it. Yeah, yeah. So this was probably John Jr.'s, and it seemed like he was trying to keep a diary of sorts. And uh, they also found, count them, one, two, three sledgehammers. And then there's 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 uh, pictures of those, um, and they're in a museum somewhere, I believe, uh, and or some sort of display. An eight day clock, which I had to look up what that was, uh, which is, it's a clock that's only wound once a week. Mm -hmm. And there was a knife hidden in it, and some glasses. Doctor York's mm -hmm. glasses. Uh, so. Not much was able to be found after that because... People went fucking nuts and went, I want to remember this. Yes, I definitely want a bloody brick. They actually, <laughs> by hand, yeah. tore down the house. For like, souvenirs. For souvenirs. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. like, I'll take this crossbeam with me. And, and yeah, the entire place does not exist anymore because people literally carried it away in their pockets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You see stuff like that and you're like, what is wrong with people? Like, I don't yeah. understand at all. I mean, I understand the, the draw of the macabre, obviously. Hi. Welcome We're to here. our true crime podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I don't understand. I need a bloody brick. I need a, a brick that somebody bled out onto. No, that's, that's, no. Like, you talk about cursed coffee. Yeah, if anything's yeah. going to be cursed, it's going to be the blood brick. Yes, yes, it's yeah. where, where several people have bled out on. You know, maybe eight or nine. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna make applesauce out of this <laughs> death tree. Yes. Anybody for some cider? No. <laughs> I made it with the water from the well. <laughs> no. It's got twice the flavor. Oh, <laughs> has a very like smoky, meaty taste to it. It's weird. I gagged yeah. a little bit. I kind of, yeah, that was, I kind of disgusted myself on that one. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, um, state Senator uh, Alexander York, who we've mentioned earlier, Dr. Mm -hmm. York's brother, offered a $1,000 reward, which as of this year would be $20,000, close to twenty-one, for the Bender family's arrest. And then soon after, Kansas Governor Thomas A. Osborne offered a $2,000 one. I guess he was up in the ante or something. He was like, no, you're not going to make me look mm -hmm. bad just because you're the dead guy's brother. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm twice as better as you. I'm twice I'm... as better. That was some good grammar right there. I'm I... definitely mimicking how a governor would speak. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of being a Tory. There's no wig. I don't care if it was his own brother. It's going to get mine. Yes. I think so... I went a little too far back. <laughs> just, just a smidge. So altogether, that would be sixty, uh, $62,000, $63,000. Yeah. And never claimed. So, um... The Benders just sort of vanished into history. Mm hmm Yeah. And I... Like, a lot of people say, oh, 
there's this old guy that was arrested for murder and he kind of resembled John and, and Elvira and Kate are sighted in Philadelphia at one point, I believe. The, the guy matching Paul Bender's description that you just Flickinger. mentioned. Flickinger. Flickinger, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a few details on that. <laughs> I want to hear that. All I know is that he committed suicide by a lake. By a lake or a leg? Lake. Oh. Did I say leg? No. I'm saying it. <laughs> you know, and this is just me going no, no, like... No, 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 no. There's two separate ones. There's, okay. There's, there's some people who say that um, he he did commit suicide uh, somewhere near or in Lake Michigan in 1884. But also that year, an elderly man matching his description was arrested in Montana for a murder um, in Idaho. I did hear about this one. Yes. And the victim had, of course, I'm sure you can all guess, hammer, head, etc. You, you know it. You're getting yeah. sick of it at this point. And so... Jesus Christ, mix it up. Yeah. Come on. Let's have some variety here. Um, they sent a message to identify him to Cherryvale, like, because they thought we, we've got the guy, but, uh, the suspect, uh, he was in leg irons, so he severed his foot and to escape and bled to death. And that's why I said suicide by leg. Mm. <laughs> Lake, leg, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. I've, I've heard that. Like like I said, committed the uh, one person who was supposedly John Flickinger ended up shooting himself in the head by a lake. Yeah, I have like I, around Lake Michigan. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I tend to believe the weirdest outcome because it's just such a weird outcome. Which one, the, the suicide or the cutting off the leg? Neither. Oh boy, what's your weird outcome? The Little House on the Prairie outcome. Oh, that one. Okay, all right. Yes, all right. We can I, get into this now if you want. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we are of different minds about that this one, but that's okay. So, even though the dates don't match up, mm-hmm. we've seen, and, and Christy and I did a little experiment. We usually share our notes before a show. This time, we just kind of went off of our own notes and didn't share them. We just kind of wanted to see where each of our, our studies would take us. And we wanted to surprise each other a exactly, little bit too. Exactly. Um, so it's a thing you go back this far, dates start to get muddled. Official documents do not match. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the victims, I think, uh, no, no, it wasn't one of the victims. It was Kate's last name. It changes. It changes oh, from Mark to Mick and, and all over the place in official documents. Um, I, I myself, and it still happens to this day, um, whenever I took my first wife after we divorced to court for, mm-hmm. for custody, her name's wrong in the court document. My name is misspelled on my prescriptions. Yeah. And we once had to restart the process of getting a loan all over again because they had misspelled our last name. Very competent bank people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you want to definitely be lending money to people who don't exist. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, so, it definitely happens. The human error is, is going to be a constant for until the singularity happens. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I tend to believe this story. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Little House on the Prairie. Everybody's seen the show. Mm-hmm. Some of you have read the books. Yeah. I, I read a few of the books when I was younger. Yeah. She, in, I think it was 1937, goes, uh, like, she starts talking about the Bloody Benders. Yeah, because they were asking her, she was at a, a discussion, and, um, they asked, what, what did you, 
what did you take out of, mm -hmm. of you know these these depictions of, of life on the prairie um, because you knew that there were younger readers? Yeah, so it's a thing where Wilder then claims her father, Michael Landon. I know that's not her <laughs> actual father, but I want you to picture Michael Landon goes out with a vigilante group, catches the benders, and supposedly. One of the vigilante groups, if it's the same thing, and I really believe it does, it, it is, shoots and kills Elvira, John Sr., and John Jr., buries them in shallow graves, and then burns Kate at the stake huh. alive. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that last part. Yeah. Yeah. Burns her alive. The The only thing that, like, Pa Ingalls, Charles, Charles Ingalls, ever told Laura was whenever they would get scared or whenever they would hear of another vigilante group or bounty hunters going after the benders, just him like getting this very far off distant looking like they'll never find them. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like, I know like it's human nature to lie. Mm -hmm. and... Or just conflate memories. Like, yeah. Or, you know, because it was, it was a long time after everything happened that she actually came out with this. It was a good 60 years right. or so. But if I can't believe Laura Ingalls, <laughs> like not believing Laura Ingalls is like not believing something Bob Ross has told you. I hear you on that. Yeah. I hear you. My feeling is just that the human memory is fallible. Um, we can we can erase things that, that we can't live with. We can remember things that never happened or chain, completely change memories. To this day, my sister still claims that she said a funny thing that I actually said. And I'm still bitter. Um, Jesus. <laughs> sisters, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, like my feeling is just, we'll, um, we'll never know, obviously. But my feeling is that you, you talked about the, the lack of documentation, but it seems like her life was pretty well documented, being as, as well known as she was and causing the, you know, the sensation that she did with her books. Like, the people like that tend to have a pretty well documented life. And according to that documentation, they left Kansas and were in Wisconsin by 1871. La, la, la. I don't want to hear it. La, la. Could he have gone back for some reason? You know, like there was like, there was some time passed in between events yeah. that word could have reached him or, or, or you know, Paul Ingalls, and he could have headed back, you know, to join them. And there's also some kind of sketchy census data that says that Longcore or a GN Lunker, so it's spelled differently, mm -hmm. um, lived near, was very close neighbors with the, the Ingalls's. So, you know, who knows? Um, so if he was, na you know, neighbors, then yes, certainly, you know, Mr. Engels would have had a good reason to, to go out there and, and do some vigilante justice if he if he found them. But I, I, it also could be she was so young when it happened. She was born in 1867, so she would have been six. Right. He never came out and said it either. He yeah, just kind yeah. of said, it could have been a I thing. I mean, he's not going to tell his six-year-old daughter. Right. No, we... we... <laughs> We shot them to death, buried them in shallow graves, and then we burned that other one as a witch. Right, but it could have been... <laughs> Sleep tight. Yeah. Night, honey. <laughs> it could have been a thing that, like, he knew the people that did it, too. That's possible, yeah. 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 He, he certainly, especially if they were, like, neighbors with, with Lunker, then I'm, I'm word would have possibly reached yeah. him through, you know, like, family and friend networks. So, so yeah. Let I, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. uh, just, this is the psychology part of it. Mm-hmm. If you were part of that vigilante group, could you have done it? Could you have done what they did? I think, for me at least, 
I wouldn't know until I was in that situation. Because you do have that sort of mob mentality that can come over mm-hmm. people, I don't know if I would be subject to that or not, or if it, I would I would hold back um, and just be an onlooker. Uh, I do wonder if I would... I, I feel like the most likely thing is that I would hold back and then I would struggle a lot with whether or not to tell the truth. Because I, I do feel that the truth should be told, but I also feel that some, our justice system fails fair, far too often. And so I would, I would question whether um, justice had been done or not and probably come to the conclusion that yes, it had been. But I don't think I would be one of the hands that actually helped build the pier or you know whatever and, or shoot somebody or bury somebody. Save for one of their victims... I don't think I would, but one of their victims, Marianne, would, yeah, yeah, the that little, would be that would be a 18th, motivation. But I still don't think I could. I, I could. I do not believe I could actually take a human life, no I, matter what the cause. I think I could. I I think I could. And bear with me on this. And that's this. fine. Yeah. At at that point, whenever you have taken the life of an eighteen-month-old child, and not a quick. Not a quick yeah, not, one. Not, not a, a quick, quick death. Yeah, you, you made that child suffer, yeah. Yeah. Then it becomes a thing of, I have to keep other children safe. It's almost a genetic imperative. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's almost a genetic imperative. I honestly think I could, at that point, I could probably take somebody down. Whenever it comes down to keeping children safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that makes me a bad person. You know, but no, it's... I feel like we're just coming at it from different angles, and we yeah. just have different um, different priorities and experiences, and there's nothing inherently wrong with either of them. I mean, some people might say I'm a bad person for not wanting to make sure that justice was done, you know, on on the, this this family of horrible people or quote unquote family, quote unquote people. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's one of those situations where you kind of have to be in it to know exactly who you are and what you do. Now, what is what is your supernatural theory? I saw you write that down, and I yeah. am insanely curious. It was when you... See, we don't necessarily know the motives, because it does seem that money played some part in it. But when you're being this brutal, it's like, why not just go out and, like... Not that it's great, but why not just rob people on the friggin' trail, you know? Like, quick getaway, just become bandits or something. So there's something... I feel like there's something more to it than just money. And they didn't get a whole lot of money out of it. I saw a couple thousand and some uh, livestock is yeah. basically what they got. So I saw, like, one person that they killed for $36. Yeah. So it which I guess back in those days, quite an amount of money. It was some, yeah. But, yeah, so I'm wondering. Kate, spiritualist, mm-hmm. death, all right? I'm wondering, when you started talking about the demonic thing, the, the whole, like, supernatural aspect of it, I started to wonder if, because it does feel like she was an engine behind all this, um, or a mastermind and she was drawing people in. I wonder if she didn't believe that she needed to take life to continue her communing with the dead and healing the ill or whatever, you know, Almost or her, her a, whole thing. Like an Elizabeth Bathory Yeah, sort of. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like an exchange of power or something. Like she she, she got power from, from taking, you know, the, the taking life. So that was what hit me. Like, it's, it, it could be a completely off-the-wall theory, but then again, 
these people were committing heinous acts. We still don't know for sure what the hell motivated them. And she was pretty deep into the spiritualist thing. Not that all spiritualists would have done this, mm -hmm. but probably 99.9% .9 would have said, no, 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 that's not what we do. I would go higher than that. 99.99999 repeating for a, a while. Yeah. No, we just, we just, there's knocks on tables and chairs move and stuff. And, you know. What the <laughs> fuck ah, was that? What? <laughs> One knock for no, two knocks for greasy dolphin. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, this just it's just a theory that occurred to me. It was just kind of like a, a light bulb moment. Then mm -hmm. the light bulb might be a little cracked. I don't know. So it was just a thought because I still can't figure it out because there was definitely a pattern, obviously. And to me, patterns can be um, a result of just efficiency. If you're just if your your motive is just money then okay, you get a, a certain pattern and you, you stick to it when, if, it's, if it works for you. Um, they can be uh, a sort of passion. If, if you really, if you just really like to do some good killing, if she really, because they say that she was usually the one that slit the, the throats. Mm -hmm. If she really enjoyed that, then of course she has to have that as part of the, the, the entire act. Um, you know, they, inc the, the, the guys incapacitate and she does the thing that, that, you know, makes her happy or ritual. It's not the first time we've heard of that. They, they're actually, uh, a few works of fiction. One of them, American gods mm -hmm. that, that bring up the benders worshiping, worshiping dark entities. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there would have been entities involved or if, if she just believed like this is what fed her power right. in some way. But, you know, obviously we don't know exactly what she believed or if she really even believed she was, you know, could commune with the dead. There were a lot, I mean, like so many, like it was a goal of many people to disprove all yeah. of these, these spiritualists. I think, I think that if that was the case, she probably went into it being bullshit and she was so good at bullshitting other people. To she started think... to buy her own lines. Yeah. Yeah. Penn Jillette, the ma magician, Penn Jillette of mm -hmm. Penn and Teller. He tells a story where him and Teller worked out this thing that made Penn seem like he was psychic. And about 20 minutes into practicing this, Penn starts to kind of get the inkling in the back of his head. Maybe I am psychic. Even though he knows that it's a bullshit trick, yeah, he starts to think, well, maybe there is something to this. And he has to talk himself down from this. Like I said, the human mind mm -hmm. can trick itself into a lot of things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't, I have to, you know, I, I look at the pattern and I, I think that there's, the, the pattern can reveal a lot. And I just, just have to wonder if it, you know, like, if that was just part of her belief system, which is horrifying, you know, like... I'll accept a lot of different belief systems. That is one I will not subscribe to or, or agree with in any way, shape, or form. As that's a good move. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. I feel. I mean, feel smart. Yeah. So so yeah, that was pretty much my theory. Do you have a theory as to motivation or like either for Kate or for the entire family, like or whatever? <laughs> honestly, the motivation for it, it honestly just seems, it seems like it was a thrill kill. Okay. It was it was this weird situation where I, I've not really seen mm -hmm. anything like this where an entire family in a normal society, we're not talking like the whenever the Aztecs turned to human sacrifice or the Mayans did the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's not part of their belief system, right. whether it's part of Kate's or not, is, you know, right. I feel up for debate. Right. But it's this weird situation where it seemed like the benders were a society amongst themselves. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was, you know, and they were kind of 
in some terms, they were kind of shunned because you have this woman who's a little off and you have you have this guy who speaks very guttural English at best. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a guy who's kind of handsome but is called a half-wit. And it's almost like they become this society to themselves with, with Kate being being the the one liaison they have with normal society. And it almost becomes a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, of like, you know, here are these well-to-do people. I don't think it was a thing about money. Because honestly, how much money do you need to live on the prairie at that point? Yeah. I think it became a thing of like getting revenge on what they saw as like the cream of society that they could get their hands on. They were very anti-people, it seemed. Yeah. In general. Except for Kate. I mean, aside from the slitting of the throats, but she was so so friendly and everything. And I think the only reason Kate was so friendly is because slight accent, which made her cute and very attractive. Well, it seemed like she could... It, was, it wasn't even just that. It was... I mean, she could talk him up. You know? She could... She she would have made a, a, a great... You know, she kind of was a little bit snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she was out there with flyers for her services. She was an enterprising young woman, w- woman when she wasn't, you know... Killing people. Yeah, but I can't imagine that 150 years has changed a lot. You you have to admit it. I admit it. A pretty face goes a long way. A pretty face goes a long way, but a pretty face can definitely be accompanied by, you know, a bubbly personality mm-hmm. that hides a darker side. Yeah. Um, and especially if she was more of the sociopath, psychopath bent, and it was one of the more intelligent ones, they they definitely know how to put on a front and how to be social. Um, when behind closed doors, they're a completely different person. So yeah. I still I still believe that she was she was that at least in public that bubbly friendly um, person. And but you know she said the spirits are moving me to kill, and. She didn't fight it, did she? She did not. She did not put up much of a fight. Not at all. She just said, "All right, um, okay." <laughs> why do the Why do voices never tell like people to go find the president and tell him what a good job he's doing? <laughs> it's always kill with the voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never go give that kid a lollipop. He's do having it. a bad day. He's sick. do it, <laughs> do it, <laughs> give that kid candy and then do nothing. <laughs> Donate to charity. For the devil. Oh. <laughs> oh, but Kate, you were a hot piece of ass. <laughs> I will give you that. You, Kate, you are the only woman that I have looked up a picture of that I would, hey, hey, how's it going there? You mean for this podcast. For this podcast. <laughs> I think you should specify. For this podcast. Hey there. Hey there, lady with the bloody hammer. You got a name. Can I just call you mine? <laughs> On that note, uh, I feel dirty. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> you really should. Yeah. You're right to feel dirty. I am. I am. You got any big plans for this week, buddy? Um. Well, yeah. This is this is like you. This is my Friday. Um. And uh, yeah, I've got another podcast to record on Saturday, so I gotta get ready for that because I haven't done my research. I got papers to grade. Um. Uh. Nothing really, really big. Mm. I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm. It's been a really chaotic week, so I'm gonna try and take it a le- e- little easy tomorrow. But my schedule's just so jam packed that I don't know. Oh, and I've become the, 
I've suddenly become the freelance editor, the official freelance editor of my hallway for the other professors. Like I had one, you know, approach me about um, doing uh, a job for her and I did that. And then she went to her neighbor who's across the hall from me as well. And she was like, oh, you know, like Christy did a really great job. And, you know, like, why don't you give her your, your, your paper that you're struggling with? So that's like, that's just, just working its way down the row. And I'm slowly becoming the official freelance editor of my hallway. Oh, so man. that project should come in tomorrow. And so I'll be working on that at some point. But it's, I, I'm loving it. It's, I mean, I, I feel like editing is something I was kind of born to do. Um, definitely I was born to be a proofreader in <laughs> like, the world. Oh my God, I can catch a typo. I can catch an extra space from a mile off yeah. with one eye closed. So, so how about you? What's up for this Me? weekend? Um, I'm actually kind of... Uh... Well, I'm selling an item today. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you told me all about it, and yeah, I don't think you should tell the audience. No, definitely not. So, <laughs> We've disturbed them enough. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I just got to get my taxes paid. Oh, uh, yeah, we got to do that, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just a week of chores. And we also, our basement, we have a big freezer in the basement, and it somehow came unplugged. I can't even walk down oh, there, man. No. It's, yeah, it's it in, smells it like been, the benders well. Yeah, pretty much. And oh. it's been it's been um, way too busy of a week for like I can't even go down there. So my husband's gonna have to clean it. And yeah, so that's that's another thing. It's just shit t- piled on top of shit, piled on top of shit. And I'm I've never wanted a semester to end more than this one. And it's not anything about my students or, or my class load or anything. It's just life is just kind of coming at me way too mm. fast, and I'm starting to get confused. <laughs> me, I am. I am not looking forward to going to work. I mm-hmm. I do not like my job, mm-hmm. and it's it's a thing where, like, I'm going to go in there tomorrow, and I'm just gonna zone, and I'm hoping I'm hoping I did apply for a different position in that job, so I'm hoping I get that position. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if a night shift opens up, I'd like that because I did night shift once, and no one called for an hour and a half. That was pretty much <laughs> nice. everybody who did call was stoked. Mommy needs her TV. <laughs> well, I'll get you your TV. Mommy needs TV now. Oh my god! I wish I was making it up. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just essentially do that, and I'm kind of taking the this free online podcasting course. Nice. Yeah, so I'm like going through that, and I I talked to uh, talked to a good friend of mine yesterday, and he's kind of hip on. On doing the uh, the art for the podcast. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so I'll throw him a few ducats for that. Okay. And uh, talk to another friend. I, I have this dream that I want to make a podcast network. Mm-hmm. So I talked to another friend who is actually a journalist. He is an honest to god journalist, and he hates his job just as much as I hate <laughs> mine. And so he has this idea for a podcast that he wants to throw, and I'd love to throw nice. that under this whole umbrella of what we're doing. And uh, yeah. Just, I, I don't like where I'm at, mm-hmm. but it's nice to be taking steps to get to where I want to be. So that's Absolutely. what this week is. This is, yeah. to me, taking steps to where I want to be. And we have so much fun recording. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. We're in the new recording room, which is actually my guest room, now that the frogs have vacated the premises. <laughs> I wanted to keep them myself. <laughs> I know. But feeding them is kind of a pain. Uh, you have to feed them crickets. And um, at one point, my husband was like, could 
could you tell uh could you tell them maybe uh, i don't know if they have we talked about the frog wrangler thing on the podcast before? i think we have talked about okay the frog so, so they probably thing. know if, if not like i work with frogs sometimes basically and they stay at my house for a while it's, that's the long and short of it and uh so my husband was like could you maybe talk them into shooting supermodels because they're a lot easier to feed <laughs> so i was like yeah i'm sure you would enjoy that housing them much more <laughs> I think it'd be fun for the first hour, <laughs> but quite honestly, I think I bet you could. Uh, I bet you'd be clamoring for the frogs after about an hour. Yeah. Of a name bubble-headed chatter. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Listeners, I I would like you to do this. I would like you to do this if you could. And right now, I'm actually staring at the computer. Usually, I make <laughs> eye contact with Christy, or I'm looking at my notes. I'm actually staring at the computer right now because I feel like. It makes me closer to you. He's talking directly to you. Can you feel my breath on the nape of your neck? <laughs> oh, no, don't be creepy <laughs> about it. <laughs> you want him to listen, not run. <laughs> I'd like you, like wherever you're at, I, I'd like you to to get in touch with us through our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And you can find Old Timey Crimey. And, you know, I would love you to leave a review. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps mm-hmm. us out yeah. so much. Give us a nice five-star rating. We, yeah. We'd like those. I would like you to leave in the Facebook comments for this episode whenever we post it up, like the uh-huh. link to this, the scariest motel that you've ever stayed in. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yes, I cannot so, wait to see some of these stories. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. So, and if you don't have Facebook, you can just shoot us an email at oldtimeycrimey. You're already listening to the podcast, but I'll go ahead and spell it for you anyhow. O-L-D-T-I-M-E-Y-C-R-I-M. Nope. <laughs> yes. C-R-I-M-E-Y. Old, timey, crimey. And timey and crimey both have Ys at the end. Mm-hmm. At gmail.com. And yeah, tell us about your scariest hotel experience. I can't wait to hear these. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be good. Yeah. We'll read the best ones on an upcoming episode of Old, Timey, Crimey. And you know what? I've done a fair amount of traveling. You've done a fair amount of traveling. We'll even share ours. I'm going to have listener. to come up with mine. I'm sure I have something. <laughs> I oh. probably blocked it out. Human memory. ABC Motel. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, thank you again for listening. I am Scott. I am Christy. And for the love of God, just make sure to like review it on Yelp. I would love to see you. <laughs> the Bender in Yelp, Yelp review. review. We'll have to make one up. Maybe we'll make one up and put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, just just check TripAdvisor first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have a good week, everyone. See ya. See ya.